right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And joining me for this one, as it has been written in the pages of history, it always had to be TJ Cross, my buddy, one of my first ever friends. He's been here on the podcast before, but he's a huge Indiana Jones fan. And ever since I started this podcast, we've talked about if there's ever another Indiana Jones movie, he's going to have to be the guest, and he is here for it. we got a lot of great puzzle pieces to get into, so before we get to that, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Good Pods, wherever it is that you're following us, make sure to drop a nice little review if you like what we do here on the show. Also, you can follow me on social media at PiecingPod on Twitter and Instagram and our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Last but not least, I do gotta let you know we have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff over there on the Patreon, so if you'd like to support the show in that way, I would appreciate it. But I'm also, of course, just happy that you're out there listening. So check it out, patreon.com slash Rosen. Now, let's get into Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. All right, I feel like we've been waiting the whole time I've been doing this podcast to do this. But my buddy TJ Cross is back with me to talk about Indiana Jones. TJ, how's it going? Good, how's it going, Dave? Oh, I'm all right. This is my uh, my last recording before uh, a little vacation. Although this will go up after, so that's you know we're we're in a little bit of a time jump here, uh, as as happens in the movie, right? So I mean, this kind of fits kind of well. I, not, nothing makes sense. I'm I'm out of it, TJ. I'm completely out of it. <laughs> I got Dave up at like six a.m. to do this recording for me. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll make it through. I'll make it through. We'll figure this one out. But. Uh, nice. I, I think, um, you know, we, we should first of all establish uh, you, huge Indiana Jones fan. Yes, it's probably my favorite movie franchise. I'm not like one of those fans who sits at home in a fedora and a jacket, but uh, I probably I've have... seen I've seen pictures. You well, do Halloween. do that sometimes. Hallow- yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Halloween. <laughs> um, but I will say that uh, I've probably seen Raiders uh, over 200 times. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of times yeah, yeah wow yeah, yeah. um yeah so i like these movies a lot i've always liked them a lot uh you and i have joked around about how much i love the uh the the game indiana jones and the fate of atlantis mm-hmm. uh i maybe like that even more than any of the movies like that was like one of my favorites back in the day but i i love the character and i love like what these movies do and uh, so, I mean, we're coming from slightly different angles to uh, this new movie, which will, you know, by all accounts, most likely be the last one, at least with Harrison Ford in the lead. I mean, they're claiming it's the last one for the series, but, you know, how Hollywood is, especially yeah. Disney, so, you know, who knows. But um, were you happy? Yes. So it's funny because I think I immediately text, well, you texted, you saw it first and you mm-hmm. texted me and said, um, it's good. Like basically your summary was, it's good. You didn't want to give any spoilers or anything like that. So when I saw it, um, my expectations were, I level set because of all the negative reviews that were out there prior to seeing the film. Um, I was happy. I think it has problems. 
But um, overall, I I think for what it is and what was possible, I think they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's fair enough, because like I would certainly put this, you know, underneath the original three, um, but like miles above Crystal Skull and uh, I I would maybe even put it above Temple of Doom only because like that one's always been like my least favorite of the original three. you know, but it, it's really fun though. That That's the number one thing. This is a really fun movie. And even if, you know, it doesn't do everything perfect, uh, it, it still has a lot of fun with the character and Harrison Ford is fantastic. And it, 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 it more than makes the case for itself existing and putting Harrison Ford back in, into the hat and the whip and the outfit and getting him back out on an adventure at this age. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Also, buddy, Temple of Doom is a classic. Oh, it is boy. aged so well. I love Temple of Doom. <laughs> it is aged so well. Okay, all well, right. Well, outside of some <laughs> cultural issues, but but I think for a, for an action film, I love that movie. It's really come up my list. I used to despise that film. Um, yeah. But I, I, it's probably like my, my uh, well, it's third favorite. So yeah, yeah I like fair, it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Let's get to some puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first piece for the Dial of Destiny? So, okay. (laughs) This one was, this this was a hard one to put together only because there's so many obvious ones that I wanted to be a little smarter than like, there was just so many easy picks to pull from right out there because there's so many uh, movies that have been replicating Indiana Jones for decades now, just trying to be Indiana Jones, right? Um, And the hardest part was, I think, and I think you nailed it when you first said it, you have to sort of distinguish the first three from the last two they're different mm. films i don't think the last two fit anywhere in the trilogy he's younger it's the 80s they're just different feeling films so i tried to focus heavily on the last two films mainly obviously number five but they are four and five if you haven't seen it yet hopefully you have by now sort of um they go sort of hand to hand because are story elements that cross over so for number one i actually picked the lost city of z and no. the only reason and the only reason it's kind of I hope it's not too cheaty, but it's because of the idea that no one believed about the MacGuffin, right? Like mm. no one believed that um, the city exists in the lost city of Z, the old gold city, and he's fighting everybody about it. And I felt like her character uh, and Indy was sort of about that because his friend from World War II, his name is slipping slipping me at the moment, but um, the whole professor from World War II he's with, uh, right. wanted everyone to believe that, no, this dial like works. This is a real thing. And Indy doesn't sort of believe it, even though he kind of does a little bit because he keeps it, but he doesn't sort of believe it. And it's this whole idea that like, no one really thinks this is a real thing. He even has this whole line of like, you know, the guy saw, uh, the, the the cup of Christ and the covenant and, 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 and everything. And he's still like, I don't really believe in that stuff. I've <laughs> yeah. seen some magical things in my life. And I'm like, really, dude, you've sort of like seen some incredible things. But at the end of the day, that sort of popped in my head while I was watching this film, Lost City of Z. Yeah, that's a great movie. And I haven't seen it in a lot of years. I'm trying to remember it because something else that I think would connect it, if I'm correct about this, that everybody wants the thing for a completely yes. different reason. So like they're all coming from different angles as to why they're trying to get this MacGuffin. And so, uh, yeah, that's like another way that you could connect that one. And yeah, it's a great piece. I hadn't thought of that one, but uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, Getting into my first piece. And the thing is, um, 
I'm I'm thinking about these pieces that I have listed down here. Almost all of them are going to be very spoilerific. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously we always put the spoiler warning on these shows, but um, you know, know that we'll be getting into plenty of spoilers. Uh, so before we get to that, though, I'm going to go just the general vibe of this. And like you said, it is a little different from those first three in the trilogy. Um, this one more than any of these felt like the Mission Impossible movies, and that's what I'm going to put. You've got Indy running on the backs of trains and ducking at last second, even though he's 80 years old, and you've got, uh, you know, flying, should be unflyable airplanes, and, you know, (laughs) chasing down the people who know how to work the doodads to be able to, you know, do the things, and, like, all of those Mission Impossible-style Ethan Hunt tropes are happening here with Indiana Jones in place. And, you know, it, it it's hard to make an action movie nowadays without using that as a kind of goalpost for what you want to do because they're the most exciting action movies there are. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a great template to try to, uh, you know, fit this character into because those those original trilogy as great as they are i just don't know and obviously as we're recording this uh, opening weekend has happened it hasn't quite done as well as anybody was hoping right but like that original trilogy i think a movie exactly like those maybe would have done even less um I, I just don't know if it fits the landscape right now yeah i agree and also by the way the mission impossible trailer played Ooh. um before you know indie and i was just like wow talk about a movie i'm probably super pumped for both of oh, them, obviously, God. part one and two. I can't wait. Yeah, it looks you amazing. You, you should have seen my face when I realized I'll be camping the, the week no! that it comes out. I was like, God damn it. Uh, so I was seeing it the day I get back. Yeah. So uh, I might, I, What do you wait, get for I your next? I actually might see before you. Yeah, yeah I know. Actually, it might, wow, that might actually might happen. happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so next um, is an interesting one. I actually have the Crystal Skull. Um, <laughs> nice. And, but the reason is, so... You know, we, we've been talking about how the first three are kind of their own thing, and these last two are their own thing, right? And what I think the biggest issue they have is, like, the elephant in the room, the age issue. And mm. I think Crystal Skull, while we can talk about all the, the CGI monkeys and the refrigerator and all these choices that people sort of, like, really hated um, about it, one of the things that even, gosh, how long, how long, Crystal Skull is like 2008, I think, um, that they yeah, faced so. was his age. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to make an action adventure movie with a person who's old and now really old, right? And so I think if there was one aspect of this film that, you know, still really stuck out to me is, you know, yeah, it was an action movie, but it was the least actiony Indiana Jones movie there is as far as what Ford was doing. He did a lot. I mean, God bless that man. Like he did do a lot for his age, yeah. but but it definitely was action light to me compared to the other Indiana, including Crystal Skull, but Crystal Skull was the beginning of this. And I think it's an age issue. I think there's one thing about this films that sort of, it's hard to like fit Indiana Jones at this stage in his life is is the idea that he is older. And I think that's the same yeah. problem Crystal Skull faced. So I, I Crystal Skull came to mind immediately, obviously, for the, the obvious story elements. Also, what they did with <laughs> with his son was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like we just, we just we just killed him. He went off yeah. to the war and because he wasn't like in spite of me, and I was just like, wait, what? You guys were happy at the end. Wait, what happened? But yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that that sort of stuck out to me the age issue with crystal skull so yeah Same no yeah you, yeah you're right and uh another thing that that it does similar to crystal skull is like setting it during a totally different era because you know yeah. so much time has changed yeah. and so you know that that definitely you know 
introduces its own, you know, characteristics and whatnot. When this movie started, I don't know why, but I was thinking it was set current. And that wouldn't make sense at all, first of all, because, right. you know, of when the original started. Um, but then, you know, once uh, I, I think it was the Beatles, those those guys in the you know room next door were playing. I was like, N no kids are jamming no. the Beatles right now. No. Yeah. So what did you uh, what did you real quick? What did you think of the de-aging? I thought it looked great. I did am. You? Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I do not. Now, of course. You watched the originals like two hundred times a piece, so maybe that like would make it a little bit, you know, <laughs> difficult for me. I'm, I'm, I was looking at young Harrison Ford on the screen. Like I did not see seams. It was just, it was perfect in my eyes. But I'm not quite as familiar with that face being I, like on my screen twenty four hours a day. I think for me it was the voice that threw mm. it because you could tell it was old Harrison Ford talking. Right, and right. the voice for me is he's so he just, his voice has changed a lot as he's aged. So it was a little bit of a disconnect for me because I was like, this is old Harrison talking as young Harrison. But <laughs> but I think of all of the de aging technology we've seen, that was the best version so far. I think without yeah. question. Yeah, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I'll go to another piece here, and uh, you know, with Phoebe Waller Bridge being added to the cast, you know, the obvious thing could be to go with Fleabag. Um, I was going to go with something that was very, very inspired by Fleabag instead, and that is Enola Holmes mm -hmm. with Millie Bobby Brown as uh, the kid sister of Sherlock, and uh, again, just nonstop quippy, wisecracking the whole time, and uh, just this strong female character who is very, very. Uh, sure of herself and does not like give a shit what anybody thinks and is just going like fully on the nose just all in on the main character being indiana jones in this case uh and just trash talking through the whole thing and uh is a really fun character i think um so we could just move forward because i have enola holmes as my next one too so beautiful so we have the exact same idea i thought the exact same things you said i thought it was a, it really when i actually was in the movie and we were like going into the third act i was like wow like that's sort of a similar character like they popped right into my head while i was watching the film and i was i wrote it down for one of my puzzle pieces so yeah i agree 100 percent. awesome awesome and i i thought she was really great and uh you I know i'm yeah, she's awesome and she's a great actress. And um, I, you know, if they were to go with, you know, a spinoff with her or something like that, which it. that seems like the Disney thing to do. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. I think but. it'd be fine with it. It could be like a, like a modern spy thriller. I think it'd be awesome. I would yeah. like it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, since you had that as your next one, I will throw in here just a quick little mini one. Uh, you know, when, when I think of like the best, most disgusting bug scenes of all time, I always go to King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> this this one really also got me like creepy crawling really? in my seat. Yeah, when they were going through that that passageway and they were just covered with giant beetles. Um, so yeah, I was going to uh, throw Peter Jackson's King Kong as a little puzzle piece in here. Nice. Nice. That, that, I love that movie, by the way. It's grown oh, on me, my friend. So good. So <laughs> it's good. so Come good. <laughs> what do you um, have for another one? So the next one is more about um, the the style it was shot. And I and also a thing to do with uh, an adventure guy, a hero getting older. Uh, modern day, James Bond, No Time to Die. Um, Daniel Craig. I The look, I don't know what it was, but the way they shot this film just and it could just be european locations i don't know but it screamed to me bond 
Like it mm-hmm. visually looked like a Bond film at times. I love that. And obviously that makes a lot of sense because, you know, Indiana Jones is the American take on James Bond, essentially. That's what Spielberg always wanted. He always wanted to do a Bond film, but obviously they won't hire an American director for that. Um, and so, you know, they made Indiana Jones, essentially, with George yeah. Lucas. Um, and the way this was shot, I just, uh, there was so many scenes from No Time to Die that just popped in my head. And I was like, wow, this looks visually similar. Um, and then obviously also you're getting to, bond at the end of his end of his career obviously they have different outcomes bond dies spoiler um (laughs) but i think we all know this already but um but uh there's just a lot of similarities there and so visually it just reminded me of that movie yeah i i could definitely see that and uh the the visuals of like there's a lot of chase scenes there's a lot of you know uh like zooming through like you said european cities like a a lot of that kind of stuff so like i think that definitely visually uh you could see a lot of that and with the character being at kind of the end of their road so uh yeah no that's a good one i'm glad you threw that one in there um I'm going to get into the ending a little bit with a couple of my puzzle pieces here. (laughs) Uh, First one, um, I always find a way to squeeze Evil Dead into these things. I'm going Army of Darkness because the the original uh, alternate, you know, director's cut ending of Army of Darkness, Ash messes up the, uh, the, the spell that he's supposed to do and ends up at a completely different time than he was expecting to go to when he does the time travel. And... That's exactly what happens to these Nazis when <laughs> things end up messing up with the time travel. And uh, I I love this ending. I think it is <laughs> audacious and Wild. insanely ridiculous, um, but so perfect for the character. And I just love that this is what happens. I, I was just like, I just had the biggest smile on my face during this ending when they end up in ancient Rome, especially because Indiana Jones is the first one to like realize what's happening in the way he reacts to it i thought that ending was wild and a lot of fun it was you know i've seen some people like completely trash or don't like it they're like this is completely bonkers but again i think when you and i were talking back way back in 2008 you had made a comment that you were like people were like really upset about the nuclear fridge thing right in, in crystal right. skull and you were like but people all i think you were the one that said something like but people forget this is 80s movies like look at all the wild things we did in yeah. 80s films like it's people just don't remember that and realize that like they were out there to begin with so i agree i think it fits a hundred percent into the way these movies have always been it's just that we are so far now from the 80s that people don't like remember how to connect to that that's what these films are they're completely out there so i agree i thought it was completely bonkers and when we got there i was like wait are we really here are we really doing this but i loved it yeah nobody nobody remembers just like solid action movies they remember the big swings you know exactly this is a big swing temple of doom is a big swing even though it's you know lower on my list chest exactly so (laughs) Yeah. yeah. yeah so absolutely what do you got for another piece um, so I have uh, National Treasure. Nice. Um, and I have National Treasure because I thought the pacing of the film was very similar. Um, story element wise, not so much of a tie in, obviously. I think they're very different. I think the style is very different. But I thought the pacing, because National Treasure is also not a super heavy action film. Um, and again, my vibe from this was not super action heavy. Again, there was a lot of action scenes, particularly chase scenes, like you said, which is why it also ties in the bond. But I just thought the overall story pace was more about discovery than mm. like running from gunfights. Um, and that very much is the vibe of national treasure, which by the way, I 
adore National Treasure. It's like one of my favorite films, honestly. So, um, you know, if there was ever an Indiana Jones reboot, Nick Cage, you still have a few years left. Let's get in there. Um, But but anyway, yeah, National Treasure from the pacing perspective, I, I felt was very similar. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I haven't seen it in so many years. I was almost going to rewatch it in the lead up to uh, this coming out just because I knew it most likely might come up in our conversation. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get to it one of these days because uh, it's been so long. I just recently but. saw it like a few months ago because, you know, the the, the series came out. And mm-hmm. so like I was kind of excited to see the series. Didn't love the series, obviously. But um, yeah, uh, I rewatched all those movies and they're just they're so good. They hold up. I love them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to another piece uh, that has to deal with that ending again of the uh, everybody getting thrown into this uh, different time. And uh, I'm actually going to go with Jurassic Park, bringing it to another Spielberg uh, movie um, with basically these scientists who have dedicated their life to this per, you know, particular part of history, getting to experience it firsthand kind of at the park and Indiana Jones getting a chance to experience the history that uh, he has dedicated his entire life to. It's just a beautiful way to wrap up the character. And, you know, again, we're talking about how big of a swing it is, but I think it just works so well for him. And uh, it was it was great to see. And you, you get the sense of why he wants to be left there, even though he doesn't get to be left there. That's actually a great one, man. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good connection. I love it. Right on. Yeah, right that's on. 100% on. Yeah. Would you want to be left there? You love these movies, so I mean. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to be left there. No, no yeah. thank you. There's a lot of horrible things that occur in that period of time, and I like yeah. modern medicine. Thank you. Yes, and air conditioning. <laughs> yes, and air conditioning. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. All right. What do you got next? Um, so for my final one, I'm going to throw a curveball at your little process here and say what it is not. Oh, okay. And okay. here's why. And here's what I wanted. Logan. Mm. Logan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We have Mangold. So, yeah. You know. And so I remember when Mangold, I remember way back in the day, February of mm. 2020, I think it was when they announced this or whatever. Um, I was so excited that he was directing this. Like, so excited. I love his work. Like, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I think this is, I think this showed just how difficult it is to come in to a massive franchise with so many people telling you how, like, things you can and can't do, right? He probably, I assume, this is an assumption, but I assume he had the least amount of freedom he's probably ever had on set. Oh, okay. Because yeah. this was the least man gold film of if his style. Like, you can just yeah. tell it wasn't really him. And right. I wanted Logan so bad because that, to me, like, so I'm not like a huge superhero movie fan. I like some of them. I do. And mm-hmm. I think you're in agreement with me. Like, I like some of them. Some of them are fun, but I'm not like a diehard MCU universe fan. And exactly. I'm not, like, okay. But I think out of all of the superhero films I've seen, Logan was the most, like, felt like a real film, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Sure. And I thought that he was going to take the Indiana Jones experience and be able to make it ironically as uh, going against what we're talking about 80s films, a grounded, real kind of gritty experience. You know, and and watching this film and the reason I actually did say Logan was watching this film, I could see little pieces of that, particularly because, you know, I was reading this variety review where they were saying, like, this isn't the film we wanted, but it was a film we needed because basically it was more realistic in the sense that he was older and things haven't gone 100 percent his way. Life isn't perfect. You know, some of his choices, he may have some regrets, that kind of thing. And I felt like little dips in the pool of Logan were like there were because he did. He was also he also wrote the story. Um, yeah. or worked on the story little dips in the pool of like this grittier feel and i wish if he had full carte blanche i feel like he would have made a much darker 
uh, a film that I'd have been excited, really excited for, like a dark, dark Indiana Jones, not in the Temple of Doom way, but more in the Logan way. Um, right. So Logan just kept popping in my head the whole time because I was like ex- waiting for maybe this possible same Logan vibe that he presented us in the superhero hero genre. So Logan. Yeah, no, I, I I agree that that could have been something really special, like Indiana Jones as an old guy, actually being an old guy, and actually, you know, after this lifetime of these insane experiences, seeing what that does to this guy, um, that could have been interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a Disney movie, so we're <laughs> never gonna we're never gonna get something like that out of Disney ever again. I don't think no. so. Well, uh, my final puzzle piece, um, this kind of goes back to uh, some of the things that we kind of started the conversation off with talking about these uh, last two uh, Indiana Jones movies and how they have to deal with the age of the character. Um, I'm going with Rocky Balboa, Mm, Um, you know, kind of bringing back this classic character that we all know and love kind of fleshing out where they've been all this time since those those you know classic entries in the series it's slightly a different kind of movie but it's still at at its heart basically is uh bringing you back to the vibe of those films uh even if there are new kinds of situations and and new kinds of filmmaking to kind of throw at the character and uh really kind of fleshes out the story in a in a uh, satisfying way you know at least if you like the movie i did you know but uh you know really kind of gives you that added depth to the character and you can kind of imagine the full lifeline of this character now at this point the way that rocky balboa kind of filled in a lot of blanks as well so that's really interesting. It's a great one, but I'm going to take that further and say that it was also the theater experience of Rocky Balboa that aligns with me. And here's why. This was the first movie that I've been in the theater where I experienced uh, my generation coming together. So that my mm. entire, my enti- I don't know if it was like what it was like for you, but my entire theater were 40 and ups. It was like 40 to 60. And I was like, wow, this is the first time I've experienced this where like there is a time capsule occurring here where it's like this movie and this character is a 100% aligned to millennials, annual Gen X, whatever you want to call that little crossover period of time from like probably 1977 to 1984 or something like that. Kids from that born in that time period. And it was really like it was so noticeable to me. And it was something that was also now, I was much younger, but something that was very noticeable to me when I watched Rocky Balboa, because I saw that same older generation, like the 40-year-olds in there, because right, obviously right. I was a little young for Rocky, like, you know, Rocky came out years before we were born, obviously. Sure. Um, but but um, that was so noticeable to me in both of those movies. And I was like, wow, I'm now part of that age group. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm in my 40s. And like, these are the kind of movies we're seeing. Like, we're trying to relive our childhoods from the 80s. It was like really funny to me. So it happens yeah. to us all. Every yeah. generation, it's going to happen over and over again. I can't, I can't, I can't wait for whatever the next thing is that's going to like activate that nostalgia. Have you noticed in that trend? Because you go to oh, a yeah. lot of movies. Have you started noticing that trend in the theater? Like where it's just only 40 year olds or 50 year olds? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I mean... Part of me loves it just because it's like that there's my guy up on the screen, you know, like, and we all agree, you know, but then part of me gets bummed out because like, obviously it didn't do that well this weekend. And part of that is because I think young people don't give a shit about Indiana Jones. No, they don't. You know, and, and that is just, that is just proving that, uh, the fact that it was all 40 and up people, you know, filling those seats. Um, yeah, it's just, it doesn't speak well to it, you know 
making it to a new generation. And I, I just don't know. Star Wars manages to uh, time and time again, but some of these other characters that we love, um, just it just doesn't translate, I guess. It'll be interesting when we're long and dead maybe not maybe we'll be old old people but like when the mcu has their like reboot of avengers and like these kids will be <laughs> i wonder if these yeah. kids will be flocking <laughs> to the movie theater so like <laughs> if we'll even have movie theaters i don't know but like will they be flocking yeah. to see like avengers reboot you know or, yeah. or or avengers whatever 27 and they're all like 80 year old robert downey's like 85 you know <laughs> like yeah be marvel better marvel better pick some stuff up if they want to see that future happen yeah because, for sure. uh, they're, they're having they're struggling doing... they're struggling hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll read down our finished list of uh, puzzle pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. But we talked about The Lost City of Z, Mission Impossible, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Enola Holmes, King Kong, No Time to Die, Army of Darkness, National Treasure, Jurassic Park. I'll save Logan for the end. Uh, Rocky Balboa and Logan as a kind of anti-puzzle piece. <laughs> and I want I wanted to specifically say that that means this is like maybe a first for piecing it together. We made it through a big blockbuster action movie without any superhero movies as the actual like puzzle pieces. That's that's wild. And this movie, I want to like add another star to my ranking just for that <laughs> because that is just so refreshing. Um, that never happens anymore. Nice, awesome, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Anything that we didn't quite get to while going through puzzle pieces here? No, but I will say that you know. For me, it was uh, a bittersweet film. It was, mm -hmm. there was a lot of nostalgia for me. It was my childhood. It was my favorite character as a childhood. Again, tying in like the 40 year olds in the audience. It just, a lot of things sort of came together emotionally for me watching this film. I was probably more emotional than I should have been for an Indiana Jones film. <laughs> um, uh, and it, the ending, like the, the button of the film was cute. You know, I really liked it. I think, I think I would have, I wonder if there's any alter alternative endings for this film. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious. I know that like when I was following this film, I was seeing a lot of like behind the scene photos. They look, it looks like they shot a lot for this film. Like I was just noticing a lot of things were not in the film that I've seen photos of, or I've seen like little clips of that were just, so I think there's yeah. a lot that were filmed for this movie. And I wonder if there are alternative endings that they may have been cut. Um, because the ending for me sort of, left me wanting a little bit more i don't know did I it felt, feel rushed to you yes it just wasn't the closure yeah. i want it was a cute ending and it definitely yeah. had a great tie into the original for sure with the whole like you hurt here you hurt here kiss me here blah blah yeah. but it just didn't it didn't feel fully resolved i feel like i wanted a little bit more completeness particularly because we know ford's never doing this again um i don't believe that they will that there'll be a reboot of indiana jones in at least the next 10 15 years i promise you watch they're going oh, to sure. do it but regardless of what they say now they will um but but yeah i didn't get the full closure and i don't know if i could i don't know if it's one of those ideas of like it's a journey not the destination kind of thing you know or like i'm never going to be satisfied with the end because it's the end but yeah. um for this movie in particular i just i that's the only thing i i felt wanting just something extra and i don't know what that was but the ending wasn't fully satisfying for me so I, I i actually did love the movie i loved it more than crystal skull um but it did leave me wanting and i don't know what that wanting is but i just felt a little bit dissatisfied with the ending yeah i i could see that like the action uh of the ending i i love like yep. of the main plot but yep. the the final ending Epilogue. just felt yep. like they rushed through it and yeah. yeah i i agree with that um i you know, other than that, 
I, I my other main criticism is Antonio Banderas kind of being wasted. That um, was so disappointing, dude. I love him. <laughs> that man needs one final hurrah, like one big film for him. That's not Puss in Boots, right? Like right. <laughs> one big final hurrah. And I told my wife that when I got back, I was like, "What a wasted opportunity!" I was like, "He's so good." Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, only other thing I wanted to mention, uh, obviously we always do our, uh, scores, uh, list at the end of the year. Um, I love the score here. Yep. Uh, it, it, I felt it, it fit perfectly yep. with, uh, you know, the classic John Williams scores of the, uh, the series. And, um, I don't know, might make a appearance on my list at the end of the year. We'll see. Oh, you really liked it. Good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was, um, for his end of career scores, I thought it was his best so far yeah, like 100 yeah. yep absolutely yep. a lot was, a lot was made last year the fableman score which i think we talked about wasn't we didn't think was as good as you know maybe could have been but yep. uh yeah i i, I really love the music here yep. so Same. i just wanted to shout that out um but yeah i think that does it for indiana jones is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners uh recently <laughs> no because i watched the lost city to get ready for indiana jones i would nice. not recommend that to your listeners <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it's fun it's fun it's fun it's fun, fun. It's fun. yeah but yeah all right all right it's fun uh right on tj is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up just just you and your show oh well thank you so much tj <laughs> it's always great having you on the show so uh thanks I, I i'm really happy we were able to make this one happen obviously we've talked about it for so many years so yep. uh yeah thanks for being here and we'll talk to you again sometime sweet talk to you later I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984. And we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Thanks to TJ for joining me on that one. And thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed wherever it is that you're listening right now. And if you could drop a little five-star rating, a review, that would be very appreciated as it helps to make sure the show keeps rising in the rankings and more people see it and more people listen. And then we'll be able to keep doing more and more of this show for you. Uh, you can also, of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, I told you about the Patreon at the top of the show. Check that out. I've got a new soundtrack album that's going to be hitting there. It might even be out by the time this goes up. I'm not sure. It's hitting there very soon. Uh, it's going to be an exclusive to the Patreon. There's also a bunch of other exclusive stuff there, as well as early access to episodes. As soon as I record them, I throw them on the Patreon until they are ready to hit the main feed. So you always get early episodes to check out. We're also recording two awesome movie year episodes for the Patreon in the coming weeks. So check it out. Patreon.com slash by David Rosen. Lots of great content over there. And that does it for today's episode. Let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And I'm trying to think of a good like adventure type track to close this one out with. 
Um, there's a song called Waterfalls in Reverse on my album, A Different Kind of Dream. Waterfalls in Reverse seems like something Indiana Jones might uh, encounter on one of his weird adventures. Uh, he doesn't believe in all these like magical things, but he keeps encountering them, doesn't he? Uh, but yeah, maybe Waterfalls in Reverse or something that he would come across at some point. So let's play Waterfalls in Reverse from my album, A Different Kind of Dream, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.